We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Brought to you by Regions Bank. All right, as I said... um, We do it every Tuesday and Thursday during the rodeo season in the 3 and the 5 o'clock hours. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll have a chance to win a pair of tickets to see someone at the rodeo. Today, Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll, there it is. Your chance and your next chance is right now. Caller number 4. Caller number 4. 713-572-4610. 713-572-4610. Caller number four right now. You have a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Jelly Road March 6th. It's a Wednesday night. Your chance to get out there and do that. We'll be doing it as well. Thursday, Luke Bryant are the uh are the tickets you have a chance to win on Thursday. But here is your final chance right now. Tyler will take care of you. 713-572-4610. Jelly Roll. What's the number one Jelly Roll song that you would be there standing up, standing up, singing with it? The one you're like, all right, this this the one. I'm a. I know how you get. You have your your, your Coors Light in one hand. You may have your lady in the other hand, and you get what? What's the what's the one number that Jelly Roll has that that gets you? Going? That one that was just playing is pretty hot. I mean that that's uh, Need a Favor is pretty hot for me. Son of a Sinner is a, a pretty good one. Um, the 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 one that he has with Laney, what's what's the name of that one? Um, Save me. Um, that's a pre- they're all like deep heartfelt. I would pro- that one right there would probably get me get me up and they'd all get me up and out of my seat and singing. But that one right there would probably probably have me uh, forgetting that I'm in a public place and singing a little louder than I probably. Yeah, should. there you go. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. So you have a chance. To, uh, Check him out. Tyler will set you up. As uh, as we said, each and every Tuesday and Thursday during radio uh, rodeo season, your chance to win a pair of tickets. Uh, as we said, Thursday, Luke Bryan will have that for you in the 3 o'clock and the 5 o'clock hour. So stay tuned listening to your Houston Sports Leader Sports Radio 610 for your chance to win on Tuesdays and Thursdays. All right. Clint, uh, uh, some big news coming out of college football. College football, uh, they have unanimously approved the 5-plus-7 model for the new 12-team playoff. The College Football Board of Managers, you've uh, you've had a lot of... Uh, didn't know they existed. <laughs> didn't know they existed. I didn't know, know they had. How long do you think they was? I, I don't know. I've not covered college football in the last couple of years as closely as I had previously, and, and I, I just don't remember hearing... Of anybody other than the college football playoff committee, I didn't know there was a board of managers. I did not either. But uh, hey, here we are. I, like I applaud. I applaud them for the decision that you're fixing to announce. Yeah, but the five and seven, the five plus seven model is this: that uh, they've approved that it will guarantee the five highest ranked conference champions into the expanded twelve team playoff. 
It will start coming up this season, this fall, along with the next seven highest-ranked teams. Uh, those will be the 12 teams in the playoffs. So when you hear that, you know right now because the Pac-12 has 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 ended and they have now spread across uh, the country and the other Power Four. There are four power conferences right now. So it looks like the winner of the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, and the ACC, those four, those champions will automatically get in and automatically get in with a bye. And then the fifth highest ranked team in that con- and, and that is a conference champion. So that could mean Tulane. That could mean Memphis. That could mean uh, any of those uh, those conferences Boise out of State. the Power Five. Yes, Boise State that has been a team that is that has flirted with it. Liberty last year. Yep. Uh, so it can be that. And then the seven would be uh, the rest of the top there. And so like last year, Oklahoma didn't get in to a uh, to a New Year's Day bowl, they would get in in this in this setup because I would assume Liberty would have been the highest ranked conference champion outside of those four, and they would get in, and then it would be the next highest seven. So that is the uh, that is the news there. That is one part. The second part to this is now to get a top four seed, you have to win your conference. So there is that team that is out there, Clint, that refuses to get their asses in a conference that now, even if they have won all their games, Notre Dame was voted number one. They've been number one all season. They would not get a bye. They couldn't be ranked higher than a fifth seed in this new format and would have to play the opening round because even if they're ranked number one, they're not a conference champion because they're not a part of a conference and they would have to play and not get a bye even if they're the number one team in the country. So that is the first part, how they have separated that with the power four teams and the top five highest-ranked conference champions getting buys, well, the four getting buys, and then automatically getting in. And now this paints and puts Notre Dame in in a spot, Clint, where they've got to make a decision right now on what they're going to do because they are at a clear disadvantage with not being in a conference. I love it for every reason you just mentioned. I I think Notre Dame um, should be in a conference. As a college football fan, just a fan in general, I think think it's more enjoyable if they are in a conference competing for a conference title, uh, knocking teams off along the way, or having the opportunity to get knocked off in a a conference title game. So I, I love the fact that it encourages them to, to get into a conference, don't know what conference that would be. I would imagine it to the to the highest bidder. I'd imagine they're they're all going to come after Notre Dame. But I, I personally, I don't have any ties to Notre Dame, so I personally believe that that college football is better if if Notre Dame is in a in a conference. So I love I love them pushing that. Could you imagine um, how pissed Sean would be? Oh, I'm, 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 <laughs> look, I'm gonna tune in in the morning. I, I I can't wait to hear the 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 take from. Uh, obviously, a guy that went to Notre Dame and, and is a lot more in tune to what it, being independent, the, the goods, the bads, the plus, the negatives. Uh, he, nobody's more dialed into it than Sean. I mean, I, I just look at it from a fan's perspective. Um, while they play a great schedule, it's not a knock on Notre Dame. I would just like to see them be affiliated with a conference. Um, I think the ACC would be great. The ACC needs another powerhouse to, to, to be in that conference. I think it would be great. Um, so I love it for that reason. The Notre Dame, the Notre Dame angle. 
Uh, I, I really, I think it was necessary because it was a six and six model, the six conference champions, highest rated conference champions, and then the six highest rated uh, ranked teams that were remaining. Um, obviously, as you said, with the Pac-12 going away, there's now there's now only four power conferences, so there's no reason to assure two group of five or smaller level conferences uh, their champions to get in. Uh, you would guarantee that, and and I don't I don't think that's the best thing for college football for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, there's a huge drop off in talent, but number two, with all of this conference realignment that's gone that's gone on, the majority of the the better teams uh, that were in Group of Five have been poached. It's exactly to a to yeah. a to a Power Four team now. Houston. U of H is one of them. Central Florida is one of them. BYU is one of them. Um, Cincinnati is one of them. I mean, it, it just the list goes goes on and on, and 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 so now you've got Memphis, Tulane, Boise State. You know, you've got a handful. Oregon State and Washington, uh, uh, Oregon State and Washington State now on the West Coast. They're they're going to be dangling out there, but you've really got, I mean, five or six schools that that you would that you would want to be one of those six, and so you narrow that down to five, right? So now you've got a, a, a non Power Four conference. Uh, one that could get in, so one of your liberties or your two lanes or your you know that 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 can get in at that point in time, um, which I I think is enough. Now, any other team that plays himself into the top twelve uh, at that point in time should be able to get in if if the, if they indeed one of the smaller schools do so be it. Um, but I, I I liked I liked the move of them changing that format, and, and I'll tell you what I like even more, Ron, about all this is. With all the the changing uh, around the college football landscape, with whether we're talking about expanded playoffs, NIL, transfer portal, independence, whatever, whatever, like this all has to be a very fluid situation. Uh, it, it can't be like the wild, wild west and transfer portal and NIL. It can't be the wild, wild west for the next ten years. Like they've got somebody, some board, so, somebody's got to come together and and put some parameters on this joker. And, and so I, I commend, I tip my cap to uh, the college football playoff. What was it? Managers committee? Managers? What were well, they? The college football board Manage, of managers. Board of managers. I tip my cap to them for, for for changing with the time, not being afraid to change. I know it was a vote and it was a group of individuals that voted on it. I, I get it. But uh, I just think this is very fluid and, and change has to happen year over year to get this thing right. It, listen, I... I know everyone's going to go hard. They should just let Notre Dame go to the ACC. So this thing just kind of evens out. And it's like it, it, Oh, it you just, mean the SEC and the Big Ten should just let and them the, go? And the, and the Big 12. Like, just let like to even this out. Because if they go there, now maybe Florida State calms down. Now maybe it, – but it's but you know it's chaos. Nobody. It's, it's all for themselves. And, like, I could see the Big 12 commissioner who has been really aggressive here of late – to, to, to help its his conference to try to get another yeah. big dog in there after losing Oklahoma and Texas. But it would just make so much more. They've been in the ACC and most of the other sports. And like I like I, I don't I don't want to see the ACC in and you know bust up, especially when you start to look at Clemson and Florida State. Because if those two start to ride through and just say to hell with this, I want to jump. If they get Notre Dame, I think that would make them healthier and make them calm down and now I you know the four conferences we can 
we can rule. It, it would make them healthier, no doubt. If, if, if you're Notre Dame. I get the feeling the Big Ten is probably saying the hell with that. I'm going to get their asses. Right oh, the Big Ten, they, they ain't waiting on nobody. The SEC ain't waiting on nobody. But, but you look, I – yeah, I've said this before. If if I'm if I'm Notre Dame, I'm I'm beating the door down to the Big Twelve. I mean, it's a path of least resistance when it comes to the other the the Power Four conferences, the ones that are still alive in terms of being the, the big boys. That that is the path of least resistance to a national championship yeah. game year in year out. Versus, look, Clemson's down. It's 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 a popular thing right now now, now to beat on them. I don't think they're gone. Florida State is right there. I don't think Miami's going to be gone. I mean, you you look at. At that ACC, although it's closer than I than I it's first than, than I first think. thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, with, but you you look at the Pac twelve teams that are joining the big the Big Twelve. It, it, it's it, it's still it's still middle of the road teams, with the exception of maybe Utah, who I think is underrated. Um, I, I, if I'm Notre Dame, I'm trying to get in the Big Twelve as as, as quickly as I can. So uh, we'll see what happens yeah, with, with Notre Dame. Yeah, they don't want to see Kansas. <laughs> My bad. Five o'clock fire. Market here, I'm telling you, in the playoff next year. All right, uh, the franchise tag window is open, and it opened up today. This is coming from New York, Clint. So this is, I think, positive news for those who are who are hungry for the Texans to add Saquon Barkley. Uh, the Giants aren't expected to pay safely the 12.1 million dollar tag that it would take this season. It would go up from last year because he was tagged last year. He played on an adjusted tag franchise tag this past season uh but they can still uh still work out a long-term deal they're going to meet uh and talk in indy at the combine next week so we'll see if they get something big something more uh, long-term finished or completed but it does look like since they're not going to tag him he is going to be a free agent and he'll be able to listen to the giants but he'll also be able to listen to other teams and with this thought, how how confident are you that the Texans are involved in this? Or at least the Texans oh, are, are, are involved, talking, trying to know at least God, see what I it hope. would take to get. I hope they are. Man, look, D'Amico gives confident. me hope, man. Yes. D'Amico gives me a lot of hope. I I just I I, I I'm seventy five percent sure they're they're in the mix. I'm 75% sure they're in the mix. I they mean, have been connected a lot. Bottom line is this. Say what you want about the running back position. You 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 add a game changer to your roster, to an already – a roster that's already a, a second a, a second round caliber playoff team, man. You, you add the right guy that's, that's one of a handful of game changers in the league, man. That guy is as valuable as anybody on the roster, with the exception of the quarterback. I mean, that, that guy is as valuable – as anybody, he's going to touch the rock. He's going to be responsible in pass protection. He's going to catch the rock out of the backfield. If that guy can stay healthy, man, it, it, it is it is money well spent. And and I just I, I hope Saquon Barkley and the Texans are tied at the hip, and I hope this thing happens. It, it, look, the Texans fan in me wants him in Houston. It, it, either way it goes, um, and I, I've been that way from jump. By the way, I wanted him in Houston last year, but uh, anyway, any way it goes, at the football fan in me wants him out of New York. Like I, I just I want to see Saquon Barkley in a different uniform. I, I want to see Saquon Barkley, uh, what he looks like. Um, you feel you feel like you were feeling when, when uh, Christian McCaffrey was sitting there stuck in, in Carolina. Yes, and now absolutely now you see it. Well, look at this cat. Absolutely, nice first team All Pro. Yes, Ron, that, that's a great that's a great comp, man. I, like you know, with the except with the exception of last year, and I'm talking twenty twenty two. Um, I mean, he he was responsible for eighty something percent of their offense, and, and it's like that was the last ditch effort for him to say, "I'm going to give you everything I got. Let me let me see if I can, if I can 
will us to a damn playoff run, and it wasn't good enough. Um, it's time to get him out of there, man. You you put him with one of these contenders, uh, the Cowboys, and he the, willed the, him to a playoff run, and they gave the quarterback eighty million. Yeah, man, come on, bro. That that mean <laughs> look, you you talk about the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Texans. Um, uh, who else in, in the AFC? Ravens are teams. The Ravens are looking for running back. I, I mean, man, there's some really good football teams out there that that are are in the 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 market for a uh, a running back. I just want to see Saquon Barkley in something different, preferably a Texans uniform, but for sure out of New York. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I'm curious this question for people out out there. We're talking about franchise tags. I think Jonathan Grenard would be the number one guy for the Texans. Would you want the Texans to franchise tag him in order to guarantee that he would at least play next year? We'll discuss that coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. First down, Colts at the Indy 42-yard line. Ellinger, shotgun. Ellinger fakes the give. There's pressure. Rasheem Green. And here's a throw. Here's a pick. Grenard to his right. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Pick 6. Jonathan Grenard. There's Jonathan Grenard. Um, and listen, you guys can disagree with this uh, if you like. I don't know if you do. I think Jonathan Grenard was this team's best defensive player throughout. If you talk about the most consistent game, potential game record, I felt like Jonathan Grenard was I don't even there. think it's close. Johnny Greener. Yeah. Yeah. For, when, you, when you take in the whole year, like, I think uh, Stingley came on late. But hell, he missed seven games, and and in his first few games, it wasn't a big impact. I think Will came on late in the second half of the season. Christian Harris came on late. Christian Harris really came on late. Blake Cashman, I would I would argue would would be right behind um, Jonathan Grenard. But I think he was this team's best defensive player. Now I'm not I'm not saying. You know, because of that, you just have to sign him. But I said that in the tease, you know, would you, is franchise tag, the window is open today over the next couple of We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Weeks, we'll see uh, teams franchise tag players. And sometimes franchise tag it happens because, all right, one, you're just in, in, ensuring yourself that, hey, I got him, all else fails. You're still trying to work out a long-term deal, which I think both sides would really want. Uh, but you franchise tag guys to make it seem like, all right, I got this guy. Or at the very, very least, or at the very, very worst, you got to trade multiple picks to get him from me. So I, I think that's that's when you look at that from the franchise tag that way. But I said it. Would you franchise tag him to make sure that he's – He's on the team. Someone text in. The Texans are definitely on the rise, but I feel like you guys think they're further along than they actually are. At best, they are the fifth uh, fifth best team. If you franchise tag Grenard, I think it makes it harder to sign him to a long-term deal for essentially less money 
than you what you have would have franchise tagged him for. Uh, no doubt, Grenard was the best, but he can't stay healthy. Um, we played 15 games last year. Did have the ankle injury. Came back uh, in the playoffs for this team, so it was the most healthy that he has been. I just, I just find it interesting. Like, do you all think it's difficult to replace the potential your best player on defense? Your guy who was a 12 and a half sack guy that may have got even more of that if he didn't miss the final two games. It, I get the feel, and maybe I'm off, but I get the feel that that people are like, yeah, we could roll without John Grenard. We could fix that. And I'm like, really? I, I want to hear the plan. John Greenard. Of fixing that. Because to me, Clint, you, you're, using, you're losing your best defensive player. You've said it, your best guy, a chance to wreck the game. Woo! I, I am surprised many people don't sense that as more of a potential major loss. Yeah, look, you, you, if you move on from him, you better have somebody in the holster that you know you got a really good chance to get. And I'm not talking about a draft pick. It, it, it's it's got to be a proven defensive end that can get after the passer, that can also play the run. Look, I, I, I would, I'll be honest with you, I would be comfortable with a guy that maybe maybe is just really, really, really good against the run and, and, and isn't the best pass rusher in terms of having double-digit sacks and all that kind of deal. Um, and, and then you roll the dice on Will Anderson's ability to get to the quarterback, and and maybe you use some guys, some depth players that have specialty that are specialty uh, uh, situational pass rusher type deal. I would be okay, but that guy better be a bad man against the run. Like I like you, you've yeah. you've got to like have as good as Will is. Yeah, you you can't let you can't let Grenard walk, and then again just kind of hope you you your your young guys mature. I uh, hope you find somebody, you know, in the draft middle rounds. Um, to me, you, you've got you with Grenard and find out a way to get Grenard, whether it's franchise tag or extent or, or uh, contract. I mean, you got to find a way uh, to to keep him around, or or you better have a, a damn good replacement in hand. Because look, you're not your your depth is not good at at that position. Um, yeah, I can't, you can't. To me, you can't go Barnett and just say we're no. We're gonna roll I, I mean, there. I, I think you've got. I think you've got good depth, but you don't have depth that's waiting in the wings and ready to step in and do what Jonathan Grenard does. I, I, I do think you have good depth uh, right now, but you, you don't. The, the, the depth is not obviously starter quality or with a, a ceiling that you hope somebody develops into to be starter quality. And, and I tell you, your depth's not waiting in the wings to to become a big time playmaker and. I'm not ready to roll the dice that that on on exactly what Will Anderson is. I think I, look, I, I think, said it right now. I like I am not 100 percent sure right now today that I believe that Will Anderson will be better than Jonathan Bernard. I hope so. I think it'd be big for the Texans, and I think he's had a great start. But I'll watch them too. Am I am I 100 percent certain? Yeah, man. In in two years. Will's going to be the clear better player between the two. I, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm not there yet. Well, look, I, I think the the and big, damn sure not next year. The big question mark is, and I'm talking more about next year. The big question mark is, do you think he can rush the passer the way that Jonathan can? Do you think he has the twitch and, and the the um, ability to rush the passer the way that Jonathan Grenard can and can be productive with maybe someone less than right? Correct on the other side correct, or on correct. the defensive line. Yeah. So I look for for me. I, I think I think that's the that's the the question is, um, do you want to roll the dice with one of your depth players or 
finding a lesser player and playing with a lesser player the whole time, the, the head coach telling you, the defense coordinator telling you that they've got to get better in front seven? Um, do you want to do that and you want to really, really hope and pray and, and hang hang the season on what Will Anderson can do at the defensive end position, essentially alone, if you don't go out and find somebody uh, equal to or better than Jonathan Grenard? I, I'm not ready to go there yet. No, listen, listen I, and I'm seeing this from the text line. A couple people text in, Grenard and Cashman are essential to this team. They both need to be here. And like to the person that said, I think you guys, uh, and I don't think you're just speaking to us, many of us, that, that people are overvaluing what the Texans are uh, or further along than where the Texans are. I'm going to tell you what right now. If the Texans aren't thinking it's time for us to get past the step that we were in last year, AFC Championship game. That should be the goal. Hell, you want to say Super Bowl? That's fine. But 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 that should be yes. But that should be the goal is to get a further step than you were, and that is to the AFC Championship game. And now you're in the game to get to the Super Bowl. Like that should be the next natural step and goal. And for you to do that, if you're gonna lose your your team's best defensive player, you can't replace him with Chop Robinson, and expect that you're gonna have this team and, and, and to, to play defense the way it did. Now, if you're going to say, hey, what, what, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and let him ride because we got a, we got a, we got a deeper plan. Like, we're going to let him ride because we're going to bring somebody in that we think is better, right? This happened, and I know many of you don't like to, to hear my, my Kansas City stories, but this happened in a similar moment. The year after Mahomes' first year he started, they lost to the Patriots. They had D Ford. D Ford had 15 and a half sacks. And they said, same situation with JG. They said, no, we're not going to franchise tag him. And I'm sitting there like, well, what the hell are they going to do? I mean, uh, he's got his flaws, but this is a guy that can get out to the quarterback. This is what him and Chris Jones, that made sense. And about a week later, they traded a first and a second round pick for Frank Clark in Seattle. And this is when Frank Clark was one of the best all-around defensive ends. It was like, Okay, they had a plan. I don't know how I feel about trading a one and a two. Right. But they had a plan. Yeah. And they had a plan and upgraded that position because they were going for the next step, which was the Super Bowl. Oddly enough, they did it the next year. To me, the Texans should be in the same space. All right, I'm good. Like I'm not I, I'm not gonna sit here and say they can't they can't be successful without Jonathan Grenard. But they can't to me, they can't go, all right, man, we're gonna place Jonathan Grenard with Chop Robinson and 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 Barnett. Yeah, I think I'm sorry. Partly, maybe I don't, maybe I I'm thinking too highly of what the Texans should be next year. But I think they I think they are in. Let's compete to get into the AFC Championship game mode, and you can't do that by just saying we're going to lose our best defensive player and replacing him with a rookie or Barnett. Woo! Sorry about that. No, I, look, it's, it's a great comp, man. It's a it's a, it's a, a perfect point. I mean, it, it's um. I mean, the head coach said you got they got to get better and they got to improve that oh, defensive, defensive front. Line. Yeah, and to lose and, their best guy, and that you was lose up your there. your best guy. That's the best pass rusher you got. That's really good against the run. That plays with twitch and speed. And now all of a sudden, the need to upgrade got significantly bigger. How cool! You said, "Hey, yeah, man, we're gonna go. We're gonna check with the Raiders to see what they what I got to do to get Max Crosby." Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. I'm hearing you. Yep. I'm hearing you. All right, coming up. I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I'm just just saying throwing it up. That'd all right, coming sexy. up. <laughs> that would change the whole look. Him and Crosby, mm-hmm. Will Anderson. I don't even think about that. All right, um, what was the biggest disappointment with the Texans last year? I know there are a lot in your mind, 
It could be individual individual players, things that you were surprised by. The biggest disappointment in 2023 for the Texans. We'll get there coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Um, from the uh, text line, a, a few people uh, talking about Jonathan Grenard. Um, one person asking about, didn't we draft, um, not one, a couple people asking about Dylan Horton, third round defensive end from, from TCU. And I would say this, and I think you would echo this, Clint Tyler, just like last year with John Mechie, man. The first thing is, like, we're hoping this guy just gets healthy. Yes, overall with his with his his body. I mean, he left the team to get uh, to get himself healthy from that standpoint, and and still with that to to, to depend on that. Like I said, you lost your be- this would be losing your best defensive player from last year. Like the Horton thing would, would be at most be for debt whenever he is ready to go. Very similar to to what it was with with John Mechie. So. I, We'll see. I got no fault, no problem with the thought of, all right, like we could do this a different way without Jonathan Grenard. But it has to be somebody that's, that's better than him. And for me, like Brian Burns, that that the, the the difference in money that it would take to get a Brian Burns and Jonathan Grenard, hell to me, ain't their talents aren't that bit, aren't that different to me. Like if one's gonna cost seven to ten million more, their talent is that different. You know what Jonathan is? He is exactly the type of guy they love, and anybody would love in the locker room. We've seen it from from Lovey years to Cully years to now with D'Amico. Ooh, uh, yeah, I, Brian Burns. It got to be better than Brian Burns. Like <laughs> if I'm breaking out, I, I got I'm, it, it's it's got to be a a great great established young player for me to pass on that yeah look i mean it's it's just you've got to you've got to do something whether it's an all-around player whether it's elite pass rusher or it's an elite edge defender for the run i mean you've got to be special at that position in some in some somewhere across that line you have got to be special at that position you've got to add you've got to upgrade uh, at least at one of your interior defensive line spots, um, defensive tackle spots, and, and so I mean it, it's just you you subtract Jonathan Grenard from the mix. All of a sudden, you've got to do two things: not in the defensive front, but on the defensive line. And so it, it just it is what it is. And 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 there's no answer in Houston. I don't believe there's an answer in the draft unless you moved up and. and hell, I, there ain't no answer in the draft. It, it, that that is a guy that that you guarantee could get run from. And could help you get to the next level. So, um, whether it's JG or it's it's somebody else that's an upgrade, I, I think I think your 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 point earlier about Kansas City was spot on. Um, it, it's if you if you're leg, if you firmly believe that you are at the very least a second round caliber team with hopes and dreams of getting to a a Super Bowl. You got to make these decisions. Spend a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, you do. All right, Let, let's hear. Let's let's start with you, Clint, because I see some people chiming in uh, on this. What was the biggest? What was the biggest disappointment? It was a great season, a season, and we've talked about it a lot. Of all the positive things, we watched uh, the best playoff win against the Browns, where they beat the hell out of them. 
We watched them win the division on the last game of the regular season. We watched C.J. Stroud grow and appear to be one of potentially one of the top quarterbacks in this league for years to come. We watched Will Anderson grow. We watched a ton this year. We watched D'Amico complete culture, Bobby Slowick, and everything that happened this year. But there were some things that that you're like, damn, boy, that, that was a real disappointment. Well, we had a hell of a year, but this this occurred. What are the biggest disappointments? I got somebody texting in, Clint, the biggest disappointment was the Carolina game. Uh, the biggest disappointment was the Carolina and Atlanta <laughs> game. The biggest disappointment Tell for me, me was when, uh, yeah, you were there. We You couldn't even go to games anymore because of the Carolina game. The biggest ga- disappointment was the injury to Tank Dell. What were, what were the biggest just dis- – because you think about a lot of that. A lot of that and how different maybe the season is yeah. with some of those moves. What's the yeah. most disappointing to you? Look, I, I think if we're talking from a player's perspective, I mean, I think you got you got several players. Damian Pierce, Jalen Petrie, John Mechie, and Kenyon Green are, are your what I would categorize as I'm I'm disappointed in 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 their their production. Let's say let's put it that way because it's not all on them. It, it, it's some of some of the guys. It, it, it's it's situations it's health it's different different uh different circumstances for each one but when i look at the players those are the four guys that are in the conversation and damian pierce is number one i i thought that that the houston texans had a a thousand plus yard rusher uh with low mileage coming out of college uh that you would expect to be a a really good to great back in this league for four or five years at the very least in houston I thought the marriage of him and Bobby Sloak and that San Francisco uh, system was going to be absolutely beautiful. I thought Damian Pierce, again, was mature beyond his years in terms of a player and was going to be able to um, uh, tote the rock in a way that that you didn't need C.J. Stroud to be special so often. You could, you could slowly develop with him instead of forcing him, throwing him to the shark, so to speak. Um, so I, I think for me, and I know it wasn't all Damian Pierce, I feel for the kid, man. I, I feel drastically for the kid, deeply for the kid. I mean, he he, he was hurt when we had him in, in the post-game, yeah, you uh, can tell, but post-game he, show for yeah, the Texans. I mean, has, he, I mean, it has to be. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I, I, I just, I think it's Damian Pierce uh, because of what it ultimately would, if things would have panned out to just be on par with what he did his first year, um, this the run game for the offense the, the Texans would look totally different. The off the outlook for this offensive line would look totally different. Um and luckily CJ Stroud was good enough to overcome all of it. But uh Damian Pierce for me is is the the biggest and not him personally, you know, I, I want to reiterate it's not him personally. It's 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 the, the 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 falling off of a cliff, if you will, of a back that I thought was was going to be promising here. Uh, in Houston, Damian Pierce, to me, and it's 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 not there's not even a close second run. December fourth, from that date on, against the Jets, four touches, the Titans, one touch, the Browns, in an ass kicking, at home against the Browns, three touches, uh, uh, oh a, a high water mark here late against Tennessee, eight touches, um, against the 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 Colts. In that pivotal game, this was the one to get to the playoffs. You win, you're in. They won the division. Zero. Didn't touch the ball. Didn't touch it in any manner. Zero touches. Biggest game of the year in the regular season. Playoff game. Another ass-kicking. Three. 
final game against Baltimore, none. He didn't. He didn't touch the ball. Yep. He didn't play. He became a, a kickoff return guy. And he didn't play. Yep. That like you, like someone texted in the biggest disappointment, um, or, or the great great season, but probably the most disappointing player, Damian Pierce, thought he had potential to be special. Hell, I did too. I did. I wouldn't have thought the from December tenth that it, it, you know that he's in here with less than twenty touches <laughs> the rest of the way, and they played two playoff games. Yep. Like that, like that. I, 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 I never, ever, ever saw coming either. So I think it is Damian Pierce by a mile. And and like you said, I, I just ultimately, I think coming down with it, I think we all looked at it and said, all right, this is probably the right decision that that Singletary gets the the, the carries and that they run because for some reason, no way to explain it. I mean, I guess multiple ways to explain it, but they just didn't run the football as well when he got the ball, so he understood it. But, boy, it, it is hard to think of what he did the re, the year yeah. before with a less offensive line at times in far less games, what he was able to do and to think that you could come in here and he's just not even being used. He's not even playing. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 Ron. The crazy thing is, is you'd have never told me that. Well, the the crazy thing is, and, and and as everybody knows, I don't subscribe to to the this. It was the system, and he's not. I mean, inside zone and outside zone, to some degree, is in every offense. Like it's not like Damian Pierce had never ran what Bobby Sloak was asking him to run. Yeah, like he, he like he's done that. He yeah, hell, he Pep did. Hamilton had no part Pep of Hamilton, that in his. Pep in Hamilton his ran inside inside zone like he was like he was raised up by Bill O'Brien. I mean, it, it wasn't an outside zone. Obviously, is a little bit different. But they that, that's that's maybe not the staple of other offenses, but it's in the offense. And so the the falling off of the cliff is just what is mind boggling, man. The good thing here is the silver lining on all this stuff. Not Damian Pierce, but as a whole, because I think it's Damian Pierce, Jalen Petrie, John Mechie. And Kenyon Green. I mean, th- these are all guys that either played extremely well as a rookie or were were premium draft picks, or both. If we're being honest, so um, Jalen, or I mean, uh, uh, Kenyon Green is just disappointing. Oh, disappointing as you could imagine. But it was pretty. It was pretty early on where I I didn't expect him to do anything. Right. Right. I, I mean, know. so that lessens it a bit. Yeah. I mean, but but to think that this team had the success that they had with those four guys falling off is is even wilder than than just thinking about the season the Texans had because I thought Damian Pierce from experience sitting across the table from him, Jalen Petrie experience sitting across the table from him. I thought those two guys were going to be two of the bigger, more vocal leaders on this football team once they got established. And Damian Pierce, as you said, wasn't even getting run the last month and a half of the season. And Jalen Petrie late in the season in some of the more important some of the more important games, he's standing next to D'Amico Ryan's and they got six they got they had they had six safeties injured throughout the year. Yeah, I, or six I was, defensive backs. I'm sorry. I was surprised. I I would him taking a very clear step back, that that one that that right. one caught me off guard too with Jalen Peach. Well, the, I thought he was about to show he could be a a top safety in the league. The silver lining is, can Jalen Petrie get back to to even remotely close to what we were expecting out of Jalen Petrie? Can Damian Pierce contribute at the running back position? Which I hope they swing big and go get Saquon Barkley or Swift or one of these guys. And Damian Pierce again is a backup, but but he he proves that he's better than what he was this year and can at least contribute. Um, can can Kenyon Green because there's there's a left guard problem. Can Kenyon Green have some kind of miraculous recovery and contribute 
uh, on this offensive line where there are real questions uh, interiorly on the at the center and the and the left guard position. And and John Mechie, you know, if this guy can 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 contribute in any way, and let's say the four deep at the wide receiver position, um, I mean, if any of those four guys, they have two of those four guys step up and prove to be players that can contribute on this team, it'll be a big plus. Because they just won 10 games without getting much of anything from all these guys. Yeah. Yeah. It just – yeah. It's crazy they had the – they were able to have with with uh, with so much happening. Coming up behind us, Texans All Access uh, as Indy Kalu and our guy Cecil Shorts. Uh, Cecil Shorts the third. You know, you better not leave the third off for Cecil or he'll have problems with you. Uh, they'll be uh, they'll be coming up behind us, a little Texans All Access, and then following them, Area Forty Five with Bajani and Crate. Uh, found out uh, Bajani is a guy who uh, who said he is at the stage right now of using his hands. Yeah, yeah. Chris Chris Santiago gave him a side eye look as well. He's a loofah guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I, I I I saw that come from a mile away. Yep. Young youngster in there, yep. rag guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Leroy, rag guy. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Leroy might have three different rags. <laughs> he might use a rag for his face. Russo? Russo? Hand guy. Yep. I knew he would be. I didn't even go into I didn't even go into see. Is bar I'm assuming bar is the same as hand, right? Bar is yes. Yeah. Okay. I feel a little bit better of you running the bar uh, than just your own hands. Nah, man. Oh, rubbing dookie hands. Do hands. Do hands. Sterner. All right. <laughs> Clint, great job. Tyler, great job as always. I am Ron Hughley. Tyler, let's go grab some drinks. As always, Houston, we love you, baby. When the day that lies ahead of me. He's one of them big, tall, good looking dudes who wants to run out there in some tight britches and shake his butt <laughs> kind of deal. Do what you got to do, son. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. Yeah, he does. He shakes his ass. Seeing it right there. What'd, what'd, oh, you, what'd you Google? What'd you Google to find it? Uh, Luke Bryan. <laughs> shake that <laughs> <Not>, ass. <laughs> Leave that computer laying around here somewhere. Uh, shaking that Ryan, ass. At Ron's search history. Luke just, Ryan shaking that ass. I love your adjectives to describe me. Warms my heart. And I know it's gonna be. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.